This is Rashawn Slater, first-round draft pick for the L.A. Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. We don't deserve to be here. Loose lips sink ships. Sort sort your life out, Was. Think before you speak. You sound a bit daft. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review every Chargers game, and we bring you the hottest interviews around. And that's what we've got tonight on this very special interview. First of all, though, I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, John Moss Jr. How are you, sir? Good evening, Bez. We're uh, we're flying tonight. Pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are in more ways than one. Um, more ways than one, which we'll come on to now. Um, we're joined by a very special guest, uh, the man that knows far more than me about the NFL. It is the one and only Neil Dutton. How are you, my friend? I can only assume the hot interview you spoke of before is coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but but anyway, th- thank you, thank you for thank you for having me. I, l- I look forward to annoying you for a few minutes. Well, you know, we, we, I've been following you for quite a while and, and when we heard you'd, you'd like to come on and that you were a fellow Sheffield Wednesday fan to talk about a different sport for a second, um, you know, we, we were super excited to have you on, you know, you, but you're a bit like us, a bit of misery in sport, you know, Wednesday fan, self sort of suffering Wednesday fan uh, and up until recently, no success with the, uh, your American team, but you've abandoned us, you've gone off and won the Super Bowl, how dare you? How dare you? What was that like? It, it was a momentary dalliance. I assure you, it won't happen again. Um, it was. But what, would it, what did it feel like to get over the line? It was incredible because the whole season there was it was it had a fairy tale element to it, as in we don't deserve to be here. We've not beaten anyone yet. And then, you know, as I'm sure you were aware, the Broncos came to the, the link and got their backside handed to them. And then it was okay. Maybe oh, actually, everyone else is losing and the Eagles are still winning. Then Wentz get hurt, and then you realise, yeah, this probably isn't going to happen. I was foolish to let my heart pretend it could happen, but then it kept going. And just the moment the ball hit the turf from that hail mary from Tom Brady, and the clocks hit, you know, triple zeros was, you know, was one of the happiest sporting moments of my life. And I've hit fifties against Preston. So I know happiness in sport. <laughs> you see, you're just rubbing it in now because we, we, we don't get a lot of success, you know, supporting Shepherd Wednesday. We've got three NFL fans here, all Wednesday fans, um, you know, slightly different teams. But I've also always felt a bit of kinship with the Eagles. And I always felt Bills, Eagles, Browns, Chargers, you know, that we, we, we're joyful in our optimism and misery. And you've left that club, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you it, especially seeing as you had to go through the Carson Wentz era. Um, so I think I'll forgive you. Um, I mean, the... the, the Let's talk about the Eagles briefly. Carson Wentz has disappeared. Uh, after you know, he's no longer your QB, I believe. So, um, what, what's the new era all about? What do you believe about uh, Jalen and, and, and the offense? And are you excited, or, or, or is it going to be a few more years of barrenness? See, I would like to think it's barren. Um, it's what I think Evan Silver, you know, the great writer, uh, fancy writer, call, would call a soft tank. In that, I don't want to go zero and seventeen. But I also don't want to win enough games that they get taken out of premium draft picks for when Jalen Hurts shows himself to not be the answer, which I hate to bother people. It's more likely than not he isn't. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those... I always say front officers make the decision whether to win or lose. Once the teams start playing, 
you want them to win. So it's with the Eagles, I get to the situation that this season, Monday to Saturday, I want them to make the worst possible moves to put the worst team out in the field. But then on Sunday when the game starts, I want them to win. So I'm a paradox. Most Eagles fans are. If they're realistic, they'll realise this is not a talented team because, like a few other successful teams, they have a blind spot, and that is that they can't draft wide receivers. They've tried, bless them. But, you know, the, the last wide receiver they re-signed to a second contract was Riley Cooper, which, you know, A, was, 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 a, was a dark day in Eagles history, but B, also shows you how long ago it was. That's so, shocking. Oh, I mean, there is there is some talent on this team. You know, the offensive line, if it stays healthy, the defensive line is is, is aggressive, but it's it's not a talented twenty two. There are just pieces, so it's. I think if anyone thinks the Eagles are going to compete, they are just basically admitting that the NFC East is a joke, which it is. But I think most Eagles fans don't want them to compete this year because the plan should be to reload and go again. Neil, it's a, it's a good point you make about Hurts because we've we've mentioned in our podcast many a time we're sat here now quite smug with a with a, a superb quarterback in Justin Herbert. We'll talk about him later on, but there's 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 at least probably fourteen teams up and down the league that are desperate for some quality and consistency under centre. Uh, and like you've already mentioned, that Hurts is probably not the right man for the job, and the Eagles have probably already got one eye on the twenty twenty two draft, but. It, it is a concern, and, and these guys come in, and we've seen them all before. They, 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 you know, they, they, they come with this air of optimism, and all the journalists and ex-pros big them up, and then when they actually get the ball in their hands, it, it all goes to pieces. Um, I mean, you know, the Eagles. One of my favourite players was, was Zach Ertz, and obviously he's wanted to move away from Philadelphia, and it seems like he's come back with a with a new attitude and. He's definitely one of the top four um, uh, in his position, tight ends in, in the league. I mean, are you confident that you can keep him beyond next year? No, um, I don't see any reason why he's still on the roster. I, I just think that the amount of money they're going to pay him, he's being paid like a top-tier tight end. Now, last year, he wasn't. Last year, he, no. was, he was late-era Jason Witten. He was catch-ball fall-over. That's great. Thanks, Zach. Now, Zach Ertz will always have a special place in my heart and most Eagles fans' hearts because of the role he played in winning the Super Bowl. But I think a lot of people were, were looking forward to this year being the ushering in of the Dallas Goddard era. I mean, speaking as an Eagles fan, we don't like to support anything called Dallas, but we were prepared to make an <laughs> exception. And then and Howie Roseman said in a press conference, I think it was last season, that his biggest weakness as a general manager was I get too attached to the players I need to I need to work on that. And yet here we are with Zach Ertz still on the roster clogging up the playing time for Dallas Goddard. Now maybe there's a theory that in this preseason they've been showcasing Ertz so hopefully they can trade him, but I don't know. I, I mean Howie Roseman when it comes to trade is a Machiavellian genius, but I don't know whether he's playing that type of long game. Um it, it's as I say in, in the past he was ridiculously productive, but that's because there was nobody else there. Yeah. You know, when when the other wide receivers were, you know, the decaying carcass of Alshon Jeffrey, the absent uh, Mike Wallace, and the reliable but bloody boring Greg Ward. I mean, I love Greg Ward again, but he's like he's like a Volvo. You know, it's it's fine, <laughs> but you'd you'd like to do better. Yeah, I mean, what there'll be a, there'll be a name I'm going to mention now, which many Chargers fans uh, won't have heard of. Um, 
Nick Sirani, your, your new head coach. Any any thoughts on him? Excited? Is it a vanilla uh, appointment? I remember a few years ago when you know Phil Rivers, obviously Chargers legend, went to Indianapolis. He spoke the very, hero. The hero. He spoke glowingly about Sirianni, and that was yeah. one of the things that attracted him to the Colts was that Sirianni was on the coaching staff. Now, I, I, I've always loved Phil Rivers, so if he recommends someone, I'll go with it. But if you go down that road, Peyton Manning thought Adam Gates was a genius. So we can't <laughs> always trust these people. Um, I'd like Sirianni to be given the chance to fail. I just worry that he's a bit of a, no, Howie Roseman wants to run the show and doesn't want to take the blame. So we, the Eagles didn't go after like a bigger name coach they got this relatively unknown commodity and they're going to make him the fall guy. You know, if the Eagles do well, well, that's because Howie put this wonderful roster out there for him. And if they don't, well, it's because this coach is a moron. So I worry. I mean, I, he comes across, he's a bit like a Labrador when he's in press conferences. He just sounds like he's got so much energy and enthusiasm. And sometimes it's like, Nick, think before you speak. You sound a bit daft. Yeah, well, we, I think... We we probably had that with with elements of, of Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn, you know, bags of enthusiasm. But actually, certainly in the Lynn era, and again, we're not stealing the charges sandwiches just yet. But that that ended in disaster. It was quite embarrassing. So yeah, you know, good luck. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching Devonta Smith, obviously wide out, and then Josh Sweat, your edge rush has been called out uh, in 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 training camp, and um, as as a player that's gonna potentially stand out in 2021. Uh, 20, so it's, it's not all bad. I mean, you're in a division that, let's be honest, NFC least, it's got that nickname for a reason. And I think it's there for the taking if the Eagles want it. Um, I, I don't trust Dallas, quite frankly. And Washington, yeah, we'll have to see. I, I'm not convinced. I think they've still got a lot of work to do. Um, yeah, I've got Washington top of the division in my prediction, but I think it's one of those that you don't know where it's going. Um and, and I think we play you November, November seventh. Yes, um, we do. You know, so it's coming, coming to a head. I mean, was for you, from your point of view, are you fearful of that game? Looking at the Eagles uh, roster, how are you feeling about that? <laughs> Listen, is, what's that week? Is that week nine? Is it? Well, if it's if it's any Chargers style, half our roster will be uh, on IR. Um, Easter stick will be in, and 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 Herbert will be on the sideline with a strapped up thumb. Look, if we can stay fit, we'll, and we're going to talk about the charges in a bit, we'll, we'll be competitive. But here and right now, you would expect us us to uh, narrowly win that game. Uh, and I say narrowly because it's for me the Chargers and the Eagles are, are two teams that might get into the playoffs through the back door. No one fancies them. I mean, the Chargers are at plus three thousand for the Super Bowl, and the Eagles are way down at plus ten thousand. That's with Vegas inside, so no one fancies either team. Unfortunately for us, we're in a division where it's the Super Bowl favourites again. Um, it, it's whether or not we can bridge that gap to the Chiefs, and whether or not we can we can stay one step ahead of, of Denver and Las Vegas. And I think that's I suppose that's the same with the Eagles. You know, can they can they pick up their home wins? Can they get a couple of divisional wins on the road? And you know, can they can they win the narrow games? And and that's always another problem with us is is winning those narrow games with the special teams unit. So right here and night right now, I would say yes, but it all depends on who stays fit and healthy. Sort sort your life out, was we're gonna absolutely steamroll this Eagles team. <laughs> you know, th- th- you, fair enough. They went from Wentz to Foles, Super Bowl back to Wentz. 
uh, and Hertz. We went from mighty Philip Rivers to mighty Justin Herbert. We're going to steamroll them and and destroy them, but then we're going to come out short, and they're probably getting to the playoffs above us. But uh, you know, <laughs> what about you, Neil? Do you fear the Chargers looking for that Week Nine fixture? Oh God, yeah. Uh, these, the the Chargers roster, the way it's it's stepped up, especially on offense. You know, Justin Herbert showed last year that he can succeed when there's no offensive line around him. So the Chargers did this revolutionary thing where they think, well, why don't we actually put a line in front of him? You know, they could, this could work. Keenan Allen's what the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL and has been for the best part of a decade. You, I, I love... think you, twi- you tweeted about that, didn't you, earlier in the summer, Neil, yeah. saying, you know, if you if you're looking at fancy value, you get get Keenan Allen. Absolutely, the man's just you know he catches everything, and he's the ultimate you know the ultimate myth buster of I don't care about wide receivers forty yard times because if they were important, Henry Ruggs would be an All Pro. Yeah, and he's not. Yeah. Um, I love Austin Eckler. I think he's you know been vastly another underrated player. Always been productive. The Chargers' defense is just incredible. I just think the talent there, especially if you've got a Bosa, you've got a game wrecker. Um, it's just the as we said on Waxing Lyrical podcast, uh, my, my own one, where I sp- you know my fellow scouts and I talk absolute nonsense. Uh, we did say that the biggest obstacle for the Chargers is a history, and b the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, because the, the they've. They, and obviously when Philip Rivers was there for such a long time, if there was a, an unusual way to lose a game, they'd find it. But it's the good thing is, is Brandon Staley is that odd breed. He's a defensive-minded head coach who actually knows how important it is to stop the pass and also to pass yourself. He's not someone like Vic Fangio who just wants to run the ball. You know, people like that, you know, it's like, no, it's 2021 for the love of God. It's not 1978. Passing is actually more important. I mean, the Chiefs are the prime example. You look at them on defence, they're happy for you to run on them because you can't beat the Chiefs by running because they can just score like that. So you have to match punches with them. And, you know, the Chiefs, the the, the Chargers on offence are one of the few teams where you look and think, if this all goes right... They're one of the teams in the conference who could keep pace with the Chargers, the Chiefs, and they've got the defence that could make a few stops themselves. But obviously, it's we're still trusting a rookie head coach, a second-year quarterback, against a Hall of Fame play caller and Patrick Mahomes. So it's, it's a tough and, one. And, and we've got one, one of the worst, or we did have last season, one of the worst special teams in NFL history. Well, I mean, the Chargers, if you, I remember there's a, there's a video on YouTube, I think it's SB Nation, and it's about the 2010 Chargers, who were, I think it was fifth in total offense, fifth in total defense, yeah. but missed the playoffs because the special teams unit was an absolute Greek tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> it was, really it was even worse than that. We were first on offense that year, first oh, on, uh, on defense, and last on special teams. And it was, uh, yeah, horrific. But, I mean, the thing with um, exactly what you say, this was the problem when we had Anthony Lynn, and good luck. Uh, Detroit with him, but um, <laughs> loved the guy. <laughs> I Shouldn't the guy. laugh. But the, the big problem we had was that the old NFL was established the run to draw in the defenders into the box and then start shooting downfield with the pass. And actually, you're 100% right. It's now about the pass. It's now pick your passes. Have a Mahomes that can just get guys open, move the ball down the field, spread it out, and then you start just eating them with the and eating clock with the run as well. So it's flipped on its head. Staley's bringing analytics into SoFi Stadium for the Chargers, which I'm really excited about for the first time ever. But I, I actually, in, in truth, I see this as a relatively close game. I'm still predicting a sophomore slump. Sorry for the... Uh, 
for the swear words was. <laughs> but, Stop it. Uh, you know, I don't think Herbert can keep his pace of his rookie season. I want to be wrong, mate, but uh, not negativity, just 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 a prediction. Um, and I think going into there, Hurt starts to get his legs, his sea legs under him. Herbert started to find his legs into the season after a, a rocky start. And I think this could be make or break for one of these teams to kick on in the second half of, of, of a 17-game season. So um, I think it's going to be pivotal, pivotable, pivotal. Uh, really excited uh, about the game and um, you know I think both teams have a fight on their hands in their own divisions I mean if you cast your eye around the uh, around the NFL at large we have the Chiefs you know we all know it's Mahomes uh, boring get over it I think they're going to struggle this year I think they're going to take a step back they'll still be good they'll, they'll take a step back for themselves um, but who are we looking at who do we think do we think Tampa Bay and Brady are going to make another run or is someone else going to come out of nowhere who are Neil who are your uh, big names across the NFL well if you look at the schedule they have to play and the talent that they have and the offensive play caller that is at their disposal the 49ers should walk to the playoffs because literally they they they, they they got unlucky last year. You say lucky, Chargers and Eagles fans here talking about injury luck. Um, the 49ers <laughs> lost a lot of players to injury. So they finished with a, a terrible record, but they were not that bad. They were just hurt. And they've got this wonderful benefit of, okay, we had the bad year, but we're still a good team. We've got our coach, and now we get an easier schedule next year. And the schedule starts great. It ends great. They have the luxury of... Kyle Shanahan can decide that uh, Trey Lance will start when he thinks Trey Lance is ready. And you look over, you know, he's not been exciting, but when Jimmy Garoppolo has been healthy, that offense has worked. It has yeah. moved the ball. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is six inches away from Emmanuel Sanders' fingertips from being a Super Bowl winning quarterback. The fact he didn't says something in of itself. But. I think it would be foolish to write them off, even despite the division they play in being absolute murderers row. You have to fancy the the Buccaneers as well, because again, their division's so weak. Yeah, you know, two teams that are in, well, one of them's in a rebuild, the other one's in the second year of a rebuild, and the Saints don't seem to know what they are. No, and you know, we're going to find out this year with the Saints. You know, it's a it's a conundrum that the Patriots are facing as well. Was it the coach or was it the Hall of Fame quarterback? And you know we, we'll find out the answer to that fairly quickly. So the Buccaneers and the 49ers for me in the in the NFC, but the AFC, as long as Patrick Mahomes is upright and breathing, they're the favourites of the Super Bowl in the AFC. It's yeah, I think that. I think you're right, Neil. And I think good, sort of fixating on the AFC. Um, I'd like to see how the Bills are going to get on this year. Um, I've got a couple of friends in the states who are Bills fans, and, and they've they've sort of really improved the last three or four seasons, but. I think the biggest question mark for me is the Browns and whether or not they can sustain this momentum. Because as we all know, they have been the basement. You know, everyone team. loves the Browns. We you, all you know. I mean, go back. Win, was it 2016 we? when the Browns won one game? And that was against the Chargers. Um, but obviously, they had, a, they had a cracking year last year. I'm going to be really, you know, interested to see how, how they actually cope and whether they can actually build on that momentum or whether it was a flash in the pan. But you're absolutely right. You know, it's going to take something special to knock knock the uh, Chiefs out of their stride, um, because they are so dynamic, especially with 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 Mahomes under centre. It's going to be really tough, and unfortunately, you know, we've got to play them again twice. But last year, Neil, before the season started, I predicted the Chargers would sweep the the uh, Chiefs, and Bez and Dan and John who also do the 
podcast with us, laughed at me, and we were so close. I mean, that's it, it we was laughed a, at you, and then you had to eat your hat. Don't well, try and listen, justify yeah, your close bad predictions. Was it? At the SoFi, you know, <laughs> Herbert's first game. Special teams again basically let us down, and you look at that fifty was it a fifty six yard field goal that the Chiefs converted? That ultimately that that was a difference maker. That's the difference between a win and a loss. Um, I'm not so confident this year. I think we'll win one and lose one because we generally do well in at least one game against the Chiefs. But we've got to keep our divisional momentum going. I mean, prior to last season, we were zero and zero and nine in the division over over a couple of seasons. That's that's not acceptable. Um, you know, we, we've just got to see what happens but I think the AFC is quite crowded in terms of people with their elbows or teams with their elbows up trying to get into the playoffs I think like like you said Neil the, the 49ers that on paper have got a, an easier path to the playoffs but they've got to do it at the end of the day and with with, with Mr. Bowser there for the, for the 49ers it's the same with us you, you've got a key edge rusher there keeping fit and, and things are going to move nicely um start getting injuries and that's when things go wrong. I mean, technically, we've got a new player coming in this year, Derwin James. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on him are, Neil. Absolutely fantastic. He looks in great shape. We have to keep him fit for every single game if we want to have a chance. If Derwin James is fit and healthy, he's one, he's one of the the best safeties in the NFL. Yeah. And it's just a, it's, I say it's a problem. It's a shame that he hasn't been able to stay healthy because yeah. once you've got that player... You've got the you. You're talking about you have a spine of playmakers because obviously you've got Bosa, you've got a few other players on the defensive line. Then you've got him. Then the oh, the young cornerbacks. You've got a spine of a team that literally then you can just say, okay, we don't have to worry about that position. Whereas you know the Eagles have had, you know, to bring it back to the Eagles, they had Brian Dawkins forever, and then there was a couple of years where it was dodgy, and then had Malcolm Jenkins at safety, and it was like we don't have to worry about this. Yeah, and then it it's. It's a bit, you know, it's once you have that presence and you keep it and you can build from it, especially when it's someone who's like a natural leader like Malcolm Jenkins and like Derwin James, it radiates throughout the rest of the team, especially when there's youngsters around. So if Derwin James can stay healthy, he's it's he's a match winner on defense because you have to account for him. You know, he's even though he's technically the furthest away from the ball, he's a game wrecker. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what the playbook looks like this year because um, Brandon Staley um, he, he, apparently likes to mix things up. Uh, Ronaldo Hill and Joe Lombardi on the offensive side. And I, I've mentioned this to Bez before and, and the guys. I, I just wonder if our playbook is, is too complex, too complicated. You know, when they start calling XYZ crunch, uh, you know, in week 15, and the guys are like... What, that was my what, breakfast this morning. Yeah, what, what's he talking about? That's my only concern. But the the charges have looked really predictable in the last two or three seasons under Lynn, and, and we need to avoid that. I mean, it goes back to the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. You know, one of the most underrated, or under-the-radar under teams, probably to win the Super Bowl in the modern era, caught everyone off by surprise. And I think that's off, off the battle, isn't it? If you can do something... At any given time, in a clutch moment, and and execute, I think you're onto something. But when you become predictable, it's like we know what you're going to do. You're going to stuff the ball again, or, or you know you're going to you're going to blitz, and we're just going to get get round that because we can see what's coming. And I think it's pleasing that obviously the Eagles and our ourselves we've got a new sort of mindset, um, um, a new mentor, if you like, new leadership, and a new way of playing. So. Yeah, you know, the I think it's, it's a glass half 
uh, full mentality, certainly from my point of view. Um, and I think you know, there's no reason why the Eagles shouldn't think the same in that division. Well, we're, we're both teams just entering that hope phase, that optimism phase, where new coach, the optimism's there, there are pieces we want to work around. We're not sure if we have all the pieces, or if all of the pieces work, but, uh, I mean, there's, there's some exciting exciting players on both rosters. Um, the biggest difference, I'm, though, if I, just is that... Yeah, go for it. Um, as much as, you know, for fantasy, a lot of people are probably quite, still quite excited about him, is yeah. the Chargers know what they're doing at quarterback. The Eagles don't. And I've, I said this before, it may sound ridiculously simplistic, but if you don't have a quarterback, you don't matter. I mean, in your own division, the Denver Broncos, their starting 22, is probably among the most talented in the NFL. They've got Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback or yeah. Drew Locke. No one cares. It doesn't what? matter. You're not what? winning anything if that's, especially you're not looking at them and thinking, mm, we've got Teddy or Drew Locke, we've got Justin Fields or Mac Jones. No, we'll take a cornerback instead. No, you're not winning anything, and you don't no. deserve to with that backwards no, you don't. attitude. Same you with don't. same with the Raiders. You know, Derek Carr. Sorry, but he's not. Don't swear on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just interestingly, I've, I've got the NFL breaking news up, and apparently, um, the according to Yahoo Sports, Bridgewater's being given the nod over Drew Locke. Brilliant, at Denver. Great. So, so, so you've got you've got a, you'll go from a quarterback who's going to miss deep to a quarterback who's going to miss short. It's 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 pick your poison, but your poison eventually is going to taste disgusting because you're not going to win anything because your coach, your coach decided no, we want to run the ball and play defense in 2021. I'm a bit annoyed actually because I wanted to play Drew Lock this season after his uh, the season before last. His, in fact, no, it was last season. His smarmy little comments in their narrow win. I was hoping uh, Joey Bosa was going to get his hands on him again. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, um, as Neil mentions, you know mediocrity and you don't matter. Well, talking about my fantasy prospects this year, um, you know, if you if you're having a look at the Chargers and the Eagles, are there any particular names that stand out to you for, I do have a draft tomorrow, so come on, give me some intel. Is there anyone in particular on either of those two rosters that you're definitely taking and they're excited about? Well if if I'm picking at the back end of the first round of the of the, of your draft and you still want to go running back, the person you want is Austin Eckler. Especially because, and I know it's narrative telling and it's telling yourself a story and just putting eight, you know, adding one to one and getting four. But if Joe Lombardi uses Austin Eckler the way Alvin Kamara was used in New Orleans, oh sweet Jesus! Yeah, because we already know this is a run. This is a running back who's one of the most prolific receiving backs in the NFL. But if he starts to get more work as a, you know, as an actual runner, and if you know he he says praying to the gods above, let him have a goal line carry or two, Joe. Yeah. So he's going as like running back nine at the moment, and I'm not going to lie to you. I think I would certainly take him ahead of Nick Chubb. I'd take him ahead of Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones has got massive touchdown regression coming. And then you, you're into the bigger players who've all got question marks against their name. You know, the likes of is Saquon Barkley going to be healthy? But and bear in mind, we've only ever really had one great season from Barkley. Yeah. Everyone else has been normal. Derek Henry, can he sustain what he's done? So I, I you know. Austin Eckler uh, for me is is one of the safest running backs you can take, and, and the other thing as well with Eckler, he's, he seems to have his head on his shoulders. He, he's not going to do anything daft like you know get pulled over for a for a traffic violation, then end up in in the in the tank for four or five days. And a lot of fantasy uh, owners don't necessarily on, look at that. Breaking at news. That. No, I'm what? joking. <laughs> you had me there but uh, yeah, it's interesting with Eckler I mean he's got just over 2,000 yards receiving and, and career 
total and I think just over 1900 on the ground um, yeah I mean it's, it's a great shot I'll be interested to see how many uh, fantasy owners actually draft him uh, this year well the thing is as well he'll know about it because he's hosting a show on Yahoo with Liz Loza uh, ah, I think it's right, Eckler's okay. Edge he's going to be doing his own fantasy show on Yahoo every week He's definitely a, a future NFL uh, uh, game day presenter. I think he's all over the media. He stuff, comes across he? great, doesn't he? I, I'm a big fan of him. You know, I'll be targeting him exactly late first round picking in a 12 to 14 team league, um, and then probably hoping that someone like Keenan falls to me because I'm I'm quite high up on 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 Keenan in the second. Am I taking him too high? You know, he, he, we we Chargers fans are obsessed with it with Alec Keenan. You can never draft wide receivers at uh, 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 in Philadelphia so maybe you're the wrong person to ask on Prob- this one. probably but uh, you know he's, we believe Allen is a top three to top five wide receiver in the NFL and right up there because uh, we're a bit obsessed in fantasy are, are we deluded? Absolutely not uh, again you look at him he's got you know the path to glory is that he's been productive he's great after the catch so he doesn't just have to be catching uh, the bombs downfield if it is going to be like the Saints offence I know Joe Lombardi says I want to use Mike Williams in the Michael Thomas role Joe no sod off give it to Keenan Allen Give yeah. force feed him the ball let him run slant after slant and kill teams slowly I mean if you wanted if you were that way persuaded and you wanted to go with the Chargers stack in fantasy you could start with Eckler you know the late first round come back round for second the third round get Keenan Allen and then wait for the fifth round and get Justin Herbert and then you're pretty much sorted you know that's the dream (laughs) it's that's one of those stacks that you actually look at and think it sounds crazy but it might just work especially in PPR because as, as we've said Eckler will just catch absolutely everything was who are you taking? Because I mean, we, we're going to be in a league together at some point, and I uh, I need to snipe you and just you make not, you cry. You know, again, listen, listen, right? Loose lips sink ships, Mister Bermudez. You'll know exactly who I'm drafting when I draft it. Okay, I'm not saying anything. Well, you won't give few... up anything, Ian. Oh, I'm not, not giving nothing not up. You, that was a cheap shot, that Mister Bermudez. <laughs> You've got to try these things. Every bit of edge is important in these drafts. See, I'm um, looking. I'm... You know, I'm looking. I write obviously about about fantasy, but because no one reads my stuff, no one knows what players I like. So I'm all okay to take. I them. read your stuff. <laughs> Don't get in a league with John. Um, I mean, I'm definitely t- definitely targeting Melvin Gordon. <coughs> Sorry, I nearly choked to death. Then. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry to Is swear he still playing? I thought he'd retired. I thought he'd retired, yeah. He certainly should retire. Um, I mean, for, for me, I always get drawn into a trap with fantasy um, and end up desperate for one of the top two tight ends and end up overdrafting them, missing out on a running back that I wanted and having to scramble around for really high, high-end high rookie backups. Um, but looking down the draft I mean are there any rookies coming into the league or anyone that screams value deep in the draft that I desperately need to get to win my league see the problem is with rookies is that they do tend to be overvalued in fantasy because especially wide receiver we had that wonderful 2014 class you know Odell Beckham and Alan Robinson and and you know Jarvis Landry and these people who came in and Keenan Allen who was the year before um, these people who came in and were productive straight away what you people f- tend to forget is though that these are super freakish athletes and it doesn't always happen so rookies I, 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 I always tend to you know take them with a pinch of salt especially at wide receiver 
especially if there's like another wide receiver on their team that they're going to be competing with. I mean, it, sometimes it can bite you on the backside. I mean, last year people who were taking Adam Thielen but ignoring Justin Jefferson, well, it didn't. You know, it, it came out and hurt them. Thielen still made some fantasy noise, but obviously the volume went to Jefferson. So, in terms of rookies, late, it's. I mean, you've got Trey Sermon. You know, he's going. He's the running back thirty at the moment. The worry I have for him is though he's not going to be the only show in town because they never are in San Francisco. I mean, he'll you know, Kyle Shanahan if he's of an ilk will run out Sermon, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, me, my mom, shenanigans, you know, yeah, sh- shenanigans, whatever he'll do. I mean, going back to what you said, tight end is. I, mean, I, I write a fair bit about tight end. I'm not a very, I'm not a very well adjusted person. If you're not going to get Kelsey or Waller or Kittle. You're better off waiting and just taking a chance with. I, I mean, one strategy I take is wait till the eleventh, twelfth round and start taking two. You know, take a Blake Jarwin or a Cole yeah. Komet. But if you're not, because all the others, they've all got massive question marks. I mean, I, I was going into this season absolutely cooing about the prospect of getting TJ. Uh, sorry, um, Dallas Goddard. And everything the Eagles have done since then has said, "Screw you, Don. It's not your time." <laughs> I mean, you know, you know about late tight end picks and sort of being biased here, but Donald Parham Jr. Um, but, my boy. But I have one of the, in my opinion, uh, Neil, you might defunct my uh, sort of uh, thesis here, but I think uh, Jared Cook's going to be a great signing for the Chargers. Not just as what he's going to do actually on the on on the uh, on the field, but from a from a coaching perspective. But I think if he gets his chance, and Herbert will target everybody on that uh, uh, offence. I think he could be not somebody that's going to necessarily win you a fantasy league, but I think it'll be somebody that could, as a backup, you're going to potentially get some points if, if your number one tight ends um, on, on a bye week or, or he's picked up an injury or what have you. Well, it's tight ends what that position that if a player catches one pass for five yards, but it was a touchdown... There's a good chance in PPR leagues he's a top twelve performer that week because yeah. it's a toxic waste dump, you know, yeah. the tight end position. <laughs> so if you know if Jared Cook gets rolled out there only on obvious passing downs or red zone situations and has that touchdown upside every week from where he's going, as you say, he's the prime of okay. We didn't get Kel- Kel- Kelsey, we didn't get Waller, we didn't get Kittle. I don't really fancy Andrews. Uh, I don't want to pay for Logan Thomas. I'll get wide receivers then. Oh look, okay, I can get um, you know I can get Evan Ingram if I must, or I can get Austin Hooper and Jared Cook and just play the matchups and just basically win everywhere else and hope at tight end. I mean, as you say, if you're not getting Travis Kelsey over the last five years, that's pretty much what you've had to do. Gronk or bust, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, um, don't don't dra- draft uh, Mr. Hunter Henry. <laughs> no, mate. No, he seems to be dropping down, and I th- I love the guy coming out of, yeah. of college, and and I'm really disappointed he went to the Patriots, but I understand it. But he just he just doesn't seem to be a relevant fantasy figure. But you know, from my point of view about the Chargers, is that there was always a fa- uh, in the era that I won my leagues against friends and in the NFL UK league. It was when the Saints were just putting up numbers and you could take anyone from their offense and get points. And I would always target Jared Cook in there and I'd try and get different options in there. And even if Jared Cook went down injured, you had some of the elderly backups you could throw in and hope they'd got you a touchdown in PPR leagues. Um, And I feel the Chargers now are slightly becoming that on offense. We've got the Saints coach, uh, coordinator, sorry. We've got 
a vibe that there's so many offensive weapons that you probably could throw someone out there um, and, and maybe get back a bullseye. Um, that, that's one of the strategies I may be taking. I'm not giving. I'm not giving any certainties, was because you'll snipe me. But uh, certainly something I'm looking at. Yeah, as long as he doesn't bring the uh, bounty to the uh, Chargers locker room from, from New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the prime example of someone like that is is, is Mike Williams. Now, I don't think Williams yeah. is going to get a huge amount of work this year, but we've seen that Williams can score touchdowns at a high rate, or he can go completely the other end of the scale and not score at all. But as you say, we've got this prolific offense in theory. We've got a promising young quarterback. We've got other weapons. Mike Williams, you know, if he's going to win downfield again, if he only needs five targets a game, but if he catches three or four of them, they're going to be for about at least fifteen to twenty yards. And in PPR formats, that's what we want for where he's going in draft. He doesn't need to be a wide receiver one, but if he's a wide receiver two, three, he can chip in. And especially if if he finds the nose of the end zone as well. I might draft Kyle Pitts, Bez, because he's playing at he'll be at Tottenham, won't he? So, when when we're there, yes, we will be there officially for all our listeners. If you're in the UK and you want to come for a drink, we will be there. Bez um, is bringing his wallet. I'm bringing it's, it's, the company credit card. Let's not tell anyone that. Um, over to see the Jets and the Falcons. Yeah, I think that's a great one. I like. I love the idea of seeing in the flesh your fantasy uh, victory that week slip away. Just, just um, on Q, on QBs, Neil. Interesting one for me is is Russell Wilson. How do you reckon he'll do this year? Do you reckon he'll, he'll he's, he's going to regress? Do you reckon he'll stay on that plateau? Or See, Russell Wilson is the most efficient quarterback of all time in fantasy because he's never had the volume, but he's always up there in terms of fantasy points. And then you know for ten weeks last season we saw they just went go on Russ win the game for us early instead of leaving it to perform miracles on fourth down in the fourth quarter. And it was glorious. He was averaging more than 30 points a game. But then he had two games in a row where he threw two interceptions and dinosaur Pete Carroll woke up and went, no, this cannot happen. Yeah. And decided, no, I want to run the ball. Now, a lot of people are making things that you're saying, Shane Waldron's coming in, he's he's on the McVeigh coach, so therefore he's McVeigh, he's Shanahan, so therefore he must be good. And he's brought Gerald Everett in. Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's lovely. It's Pete Carroll running the team. And he will not let Russell Wilson throw the ball 30 or 40 times. So, Russell get home on efficiency. But he's not going to be like the, the tight end, the tight end, the quarterback one, because... Even with efficiency, he can't get there. Somewhere like Mahomes or Josh Allen or even Kyla Murray, maybe, especially with the rushing element. And it breaks my heart because Russell Wilson should be the greatest fantasy wide receiver, quarterback of all time. But Pete Carroll won't let him because Pete Carroll hates fun. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting last season, about week seven or eight, they were talking on, on the NFL Network about MVP Russell Wilson. Like, it's, it's too early. It's there's, there's too much football to be played for the wheels to come off. And as you said, he, he threw two picks in two consecutive games and then, you know, uh, Carroll puts the brakes on it all. You know, it, I, I know the media have to talk and they have to, they have to find something topical, but... I think, you know, if I'm Russell Wilson and he starts hot this year and people start putting him in the MVP category, he needs to be ringing up those channels and saying, please stop. <laughs> well, bear in mind, you know, people can forget this. and we, you know, It does seem to have been forgotten somewhat. Russell Wilson's agent named three teams that he would like to play for if he was going to be traded. That wasn't just plucked out of his ass. He thought about that and put yeah. that out into the world. So... If things don't go right, you know, if they do throttle him, and let's, you know, it would be awful if the Seattle Seahawks didn't make the playoffs. 
But then I think, you know, it could be we might start hearing rumblings again. And these teams like the Eagles or like the Dolphins or the Panthers, who've got a treasure trove of picks, maybe instead of thinking, oh, do we wait for Deshaun Watson? Do we trade for Aaron Rodgers? Or do we go for Russell Wilson? Would you? Have, I mean, Russell Wilson at the Eagles would be a great fit, wouldn't it? I'll drive him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm charging no one for the petrol. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that would be good. That would be quality. What, uh, Was have you got any final final thoughts questions? No, just a massive thanks to uh, N Dutton thirteen on Twitter, Mr. Neil Dutton, for joining us tonight and his uh, sharing his wealth of knowledge. Yeah, where, where where can we find you? Where's your writings? Where's your, your pod, podcast? Tell our listeners all about uh, where we can find you. Yeah, well, I'm on I'm on the Twitter at, at ndutton13 for the really bad tweets. Uh, if you don't like what I'm tweeting, tweet at Mainzy7. He loves to hear about it. Um, I'm, I have a podcast. It's the Waxing Lyrical with Mains and Dutts. Uh, we uh, we go weekly. Uh, to, I say if you like two scouts idiots talking about a game they know very little about, it's, it's recommended listening. Uh, you can find me um, writing at Rotaviz at number fire at four for four football at player profiler uh i'm 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 everywhere I, i'm a whore unfortunately you know i i will, I will write have pen will travel as it were uh but i just i just love writing about the game you know it's it's weird because obviously i never played it never hoped to play it and if you look at me never could play it uh but no i i just you know if you follow me we can have a chat we can call me an idiot i'll agree and we can move on with our lives <laughs> I love it. No, thank you so much. And uh, was where can we find you? At Endzone eighty seven. Don't forget charged up underscore bolts. I need to find who's got charged up bolts and paying three dollars to remove their account. Tell me um, yeah. You can find me at Bez the Spaniard. You can find the podcast at Charged Up Pod. And next week, I believe we're going to try and probably fail to live stream to YouTube. So don't forget to check us out <laughs> on YouTube, where we're going to start. Uh, with our beautiful model faces for you to enjoy. Um, one last question for Neil. Uh, you've got one bet you can make. Put all your life savings on it. You have to choose for Wednesday to win League One, Shepherd Wednesday to win League One, or the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Which one are you having? Uh, I love the Chiefs uh, because Andy Get out. Andy, Andy <laughs> Reid has brought me joy in my life, whereas the Wednesday have not, and they don't deserve it. On that horrific bottom shell. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs>